Hello and welcome to another episode of the Compile Spoof Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Whittem. In this podcast, we talk about everything related to Apple platforms and Apple development. Let's get on with the show. What's up, everybody? It has been a week of rumors and new hardware and not-so-old hardware being cancelled, so let's get into it. First up, the iMac Pro that was introduced in 2017 is no more. Apple will continue to sell the ones they have in stock, but it's end of line for that particular product, which is a little surprising to me, but in the bigger picture, it actually makes a lot of sense because of how the iMac Pro, in my opinion, came to be in the first place. For those of you that don't know, the iMac Pro at least in my view, was kind of the middle ground between the terrible trash pan Mac Pro and all of that disaster. And so I feel like Apple brought out this iMac Pro as a sort of stand-in while they were developing the new Mac Pros that we have now, those new fancy boxes. That said, though, the iMac Pro was a huge powerhouse and quite a few people have them. They're a very attractive machine. I thought about one before I got my M1 Mac Mini, but I decided to go with the Mini in the end, and now obviously I'm relieved that I did. But it is a shame to see it go away. The iMac is such a popular machine, and the Pro with the you know the darker uh, space gray casing just looks really nice as well. So it's the end of life for that machine. Now, of course, that does mean you know no surprise here, I'm sure, to anyone. The new iMacs with the M1 chips are probably not that far around the corner, right? Or the M2, MX, whatever they're going to call it. But it is safe to say that those are very quickly going to be coming to market. Following along with that, there is a lot of talk about a March event. The rumor is March 16th as of recording this podcast. So we'll see what that brings there. But probably some more new Macs, we would think. Now, interestingly, though, the... HomePod has also been cancelled. Not the entire range, just the bigger version, which is surprising to me. But the HomePod Mini apparently has been doing very well on the numbers compared to the HomePod itself. So therefore, Apple is choosing to continue the HomePod Mini and stopping the production of the HomePod. Now, whether that's going to be because there's a new HomePod, uh, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, at the moment, nobody seems to think there's going to be a new one which, you know, again, follows the trend. Apple has had really bad luck with audio hardware for the most part. Some of you may remember the, the you know, the older box that, you know, Steve Jobs famously said he'd replaced a whole bunch of high-end audio gear with one of the Apple uh, earlier range of Apple audio devices, and then that one failed as well. So I guess we'll have to wait and see how long the, you know, the mini HomePod stays around. Interesting, really, because they made such a big deal of these and, you know, quite a few people have them, but apparently Apple is considering it to be pretty much a flop. So that's going away as well. Another rumor this week is looking at some patent filings. And yet again, it's coming around the idea of this MagSafe uh, charging port, adapter, connector, whatever you want to call it for iPhones something that I think many of us have wanted for years at this point and have used probably many third-party adapters, I know I have myself, to make a you know this magnetic MagSafe charging port on your iPhone. Maybe Apple's going to finally do one, but you know, do take into account and remember Apple files an awful lot of patents 
And that does not mean that all of them will be used in products that come to market. So take that rumor into account. But we also know that Apple loves to do away with ports and buttons and everything else. And with the MagSafe that's on the back of the current range of iPhones, this would be an interesting development to see where it goes. Another iPhone rumor this week is that the iPhone 13 is going to have a bigger battery. Well, depending on which one in the range we're talking about. I think that there's going to be a couple of reasons here. You know, firstly, every time Apple you know, revs the phones, they find new ways to do things, integrate circuit boards. There's all of this talk about they've made their own modem chip and all of these kind of things that they do to you know, adjust the positioning of all the components inside and free up space and make more room. I'd like to see a bigger battery go in. I really want them to do what myself and so many others have said, which is, do away with that stupid, annoying bump for the for the cameras, the camera housing, and just bring the back level again, raise the rest of the back of the phone up level with the camera housing, and just whack some extra battery in there and make everybody happy. I do not understand why Apple doesn't do that, but I'm sure they have their reasons. Anyway, so we're going to hopefully be getting a bigger battery. Now, whether that will give us extra battery life, of course, is always questionable because sometimes the reason they give us a bigger battery is because it's going to consume more power. And if you follow along with some of the other rumors about, you know, this kind of always on screen or the 120 hertz, you know, refreshing screen, that's going to consume more power. So bigger battery doesn't always mean more battery time. It could actually be to compensate an offset against the consumption. So that's the iPhone rumors this week. Let's take a quick break. Time for a break break time over. It's an interesting story came out this week and hopefully a lesson learned for many. There's always this obsession people have with wanting to be the one that breaks new Apple stories and you know beat everyone to the punch and find people on the inside. Well, it turns out it pays to not be that person on the inside. There's a former employee whose name I won't mention in the podcast, but you can find it online. And Apple has filed a lawsuit against them for leaking information. Now, I don't know the specifics and I'm not going to comment on them. I'll just say, like I've said before, if you work for someone and you sign an NDA or something along those lines, and then you go leaking secrets, well, then you deserve all you get because you've gone against the contract that you signed. And I am confident that however many lawyers you have, Apple has a lot more. So you really just take that into account, right? It's safe to say this person's going to suffer greatly for this one. But think about it. Wherever you work, whoever your clients are, don't go leaking secrets. It's not worth it. And as I've said before, it spoils a lot of the fun as well when new hardware is announced if you know everything that's coming. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I'm going to bet a lot of it plays out behind closed doors. But I think we all know a few people out there, at least, who you know claim to have folks on the inside and leak secrets. Maybe it's true, maybe it's not. This person certainly was leaking something to someone, and they got caught for doing it. And now they're going to be punished, or at least be dragged through the court system and suffer the consequences there. So it really pays not to do it.
Finally, this week, I want to mention a tool that I recommend to every developer I know that uses Xcode. And it's kind of funny that I've never mentioned it before, as far as I know, on the podcast. It's called DevCleaner. You can find it in the Mac OS App Store, or you can find it online, but it's better to get it from the App Store, and it's just right there, and it'll update and everything else. It's made by Conrad Kolakowski, I think the name is pronounced. Apologies if I got it wrong. And what it is, is a tool that'll automatically seek out and help you clean up all of that stuff that Xcode generates and leaves laying around on your machine. And as we all know, it can take up a huge amount of space. You know, For example, it'll go through and automatically select old device support files, you know, old OS versions. It'll go through and show you a list of your archives that you can select from. It'll offer to clear out derived data, old simulator and device logs, and old documentation downloads. And believe me, it has saved me a ton of space, which is super important because as we all know, over time, especially if you think about archives, it's just going to build up and up. I'll put a link in the show notes, but this is a must-have tool for every developer who uses Xcode. And I just, I've been using this thing for quite a while now, and it's just fantastic. You've really got to check this out. Well done, Conrad. What a great tool this is. So that's it for this week. Uh, if you have any comments or suggestions, you can reach out to me on Twitter at CompileSwift, or you can go to CompileSwift.com forward slash contact. I would love to hear your thoughts as always. If you have suggestions for things that you think need to appear, and if you think you want to appear on the podcast, you can also use that same uh, CompileSwift.com forward slash contact to reach out to me, and we can have a conversation about that. That's it. Take care of yourselves. I'll speak to you next time.